From the capital city, I'm Kevin Allen. During a press conference to address what he is calling a fentanyl crisis in Alaska, Governor Mike Dunleavy said Tuesday that the majority of the illicit drugs is coming from Mexico with help from China. There's a lot of fentanyl getting across the border, coming to the border, getting across the border. This is not something folks are making up. This is where the research is showing where it's coming from. It's not coming from Russia. It's not coming from Canada. It's coming in through Mexico. It's coming in through a very porous border. And, uh, you know, the the border for for apparently many reasons is not being enforced like other countries enforce their borders. This conversation we're having right now is happening just everywhere across this country. Same stories, the same source, source country for the uh, precursors, China, made in Mexico. It's, It's a fact that it's happening in this manner. Dunleavy added that states are now joining forces to battle the importation of the drug, given a lack of enforcement on the southern border. The states now are left to, as we mentioned earlier, joining a coalition of states to see how we can share data, how we can share uh, information, so we can do whatever we can to try and help stem this flow. But in the end, it is the federal government that uh, controls our borders. And depending upon how much they want to enforce the borders and how little they want to enforce the borders, I think you'll see, um, yeah, you may have more, uh, more seizures, but you also have more drug coming across the country. Dunleavy said that in addition to the problem of drug importation within the state, fentanyl is also a drug addiction issue that needs to be addressed. The Juno Off-Road Association and Trail Mix are recipients of a $10,000 award from Polaris Inc.'s Trails Grant Program for the 35-mile off-road vehicle park. The proposed park is being designed by Riders for Riders in conjunction with the city and borough of Juneau. The site is located at the 35-mile marker on Glacier Highway on a previously logged parcel owned by the city, which was evaluated for this purpose in 2013. Darren Crapo is with the Juneau Off-Road Association. He says this grant is an important first step. This is really an important piece uh, because this is a foundation piece. This $10,000 is what is going to help us fund um, a lot of like the wetlands delineation, some things like that, where we can really lay the groundwork for a successful, uh, sustainable type of a park. Um, with, with any project that's going to that's going to you know achieve what's what's possible, you've got to have your ducks in a row, and part of that requires money. And this this grant is is a first step for us to to get that foundation laid properly. A 2020 Parks and Recreation survey found an off-road vehicle park was the top-rated investment for a recreation asset or facility. In 2012, voters approved a 3% temporary sales tax for development of a off-road vehicle park, which resulted in 250000 that still exists for this use. Crapo says the team wants to create a sustainable management structure, support safe riding, and build durable infrastructure that protects the natural and built features of the facilities. He doesn't want to see the same mistakes made in the past happen again. And this is how Crapo says that will be accomplished. So we've tried to gather all the information from the, the, the complaints and the, the issues that happened in the past to figure out how do we not repeat the negative aspects of the past. And so that's, that's back to laying a proper foundation where we want to have a site that is environmentally responsible and it's just you know, a good asset to the community and not something that's going to develop into a, a trash problem. Crapo added that the team wants input from the public. 
In an effort to save costs on shipping out biosolids from Juneau to down south, the Assembly's Public Works and Facilities Committee moved on a proposal to purchase a crusher. The crusher costs $2.5 million, and funding would come from the Wastewater Enterprise Fund. Treatment of wastewater results in the production of biosolids, and as City Engineering Director Katie Kester explained... Part of treating our waste at the Mendenhall Wastewater Treatment Plant is to um, dry our uh, sludge, so the, the byproduct after we process the waste um, in the biosolids dryer, and we make these little cookies, and then we uh, ship these cookies uh, for landfill disposal in Oregon. Currently, to transport biosolids to Oregon, it costs $4,201 to ship a Connex, and with about 340 Connex containers shipped per year, the annual operating cost comes out to about $1.4 million. With the crusher, it's projected that cost would move down to 466000 and would also lower the number of connexes a year to 111. Kessler said the end use for biosolids has always been land application, but since there's PFOS in the biosolids... In fact, in some, some states, uh, it's mandatory to land apply biosolids because it's great fertilizer. However, there is a small amount of PFOS in our biosolids, and because... Uh, CBJ is regulated under secondary treatment. We are held to a uh, very high standard, and DEC does not allow the land application of any materials that contain PFOS. So that's how we get to shipping our cookies to Oregon. And on the crusher, Kester was asked if there would be any additional costs. It's really anticipated they would be pretty minimal. Uh, they would not be substantial in the way that the that the purchase of the asset would be. It would be relatively minimal cost. Um, and then we did not anticipate that we would have to raise uh, rates at all to uh, purchase this piece of equipment. Part of that is that we have uh, sufficient uh, balance in our uh, enterprise fund. And part of it is that we expect this pretty fast payback period in terms of what we'll see in, uh, in terms of savings for shipping costs. The proposal to purchase a crusher passed unanimously. The 2022 ROAR Women's Conference, with the theme of Reclaim, Own, and Renew, will kick off Friday and Saturday, May 6th and 7th at Centennial Hall. The conference chair, Sherry Patterson, explained on Capital Chat what the night will be all about. The ROAR Conference is a, a gathering of women that my employer, SEARCH, a Southeast Alaska Regional Health Consortium, supports and has dedicated to the community to, you know, support women. We have been doing this since 2019. So this is our fourth year. And it's just a time for women to come together to be inspired. Patterson says the event, the first one in person in two years, will offer entertainment, relaxation and comedy. This year, we switched up some things for the Friday night gathering. It's just going to be a relaxed evening. We're going to have 10-minute massages. We have uh, refreshments and uh, appetizers. We have women vendors that are there. And then we have one of our local artists, Annie Bartholomew, who will provide soft music for us. And then we're going to end the evening with a, a virtual comedy show and that we're really excited about our first time doing this, and we're uh, excited to bring it to our Juno community. And Patterson says the event will start on Friday night. It kicks off on 
on Friday night at 6.30. We open the doors about 6 o'clock, let everybody in, and just enjoy that meet and greets, relaxed atmosphere, and then we're just going to laugh the night away. <laughs> After a document was leaked showing a majority of Supreme Court justices are voting to overturn Roe v. Wade, According to a document leaked to Politico, a majority of the Supreme Court justices are voting to overturn Roe v. Wade, and in reaction, Juno Senator Jesse Keel said that's tremendously disappointing. He was a guest on Action Line and added that his hope is that as justices deliberate, some rethink their stances. Keel said Alaska privacy protections are strong on this issue, though. I, I think that uh, American women have the right to bodily autonomy that is inherent in the in the precepts of our constitution, um, and I'm I'm really uh, really glad to live in Alaska, where we have a much stronger right to privacy, and a much stronger right to bodily autonomy, so that the decision about uh, whether or when to become a parent uh, is not government's decision to make for anybody. He was asked that if it is overturned, would it become a state-by-state issue? That that would be the practical effect, uh, unless the federal government um, uh, steps in with something preemptive, and then I think we'd we'd have uh, uh, litigation about that. I, what I'm very concerned about, um, and and I read that document, is that it it is not so much a legal decision as a political decision. It's a it's a dark day for the uh, U.S. Supreme Court if they do that. Um, and, and in that case, you can expect a political response to, to any federal legislation. So um, it, it becomes, as you say, uh, a state-by-state state decision um, and uh, a state-by-state state, uh, struggle to make sure that um, women have full, equal rights. Do you know Senator Jesse Keel commenting on Action Line? Senator Lisa Murkowski, one of the few Senate Republicans in favor of protecting abortion access, reacted with alarm Tuesday to the Supreme Court's draft opinion that would overturn Roe v. Wade. Murkowski denounced the leak of the draft resolution as an absolutely reprehensible act. The Supreme Court is now investigating and cautioned that they don't know the direction that this decision may ultimately take. Murkowski spoke on the matter Wednesday at the U.S. Capitol. I really find it shocking that um, that this would happen. I, I understand it is unprecedented. Uh, second point is Roe is still the law of the land. Um, we don't know the direction that this decision may ultimately take, but if, if it goes in the direction that this leaked copy has, has indicated, um, I will just tell you that it, it, it it rocks my confidence in, in the court right now. That audio comes from Capitol Hill reporter Scott McFarlane. The court is expected to rule on the abortion case before its term ends in late or early July. The leaked Supreme Court draft decision challenging Roe v. Wade has put some Republican senators in the spotlight. Senator Susan Collins of Maine was a deciding vote in Justice Brett Kavanaugh's contentious confirmation. She released a statement Tuesday saying, quote, If this leaked draft opinion is the final decision and this reporting is accurate, it would be completely inconsistent with what Justice Gorsuch and Justice Kavanaugh said in their hearings and in our meetings in my office, end quote. 
Democratic Senator Debbie Stabenow tells ABC News she plans to ask Collins and Senator Murkowski how they're feeling about those confirmation votes. They basically uh, have been very dishonest. Uh, in some cases, based on comments, have actually lied to members of the United States Senate. A federal jury in Alaska has convicted a prison Nazi gang leader who goes by the name of Filthy Fjör and four others in the grisly death of a member they claim stole from them. Michael Staten was killed near Wasilla in 2017 after members of the 1488 gang removed his gang tattoo from his ribcage with a hot knife after he was beaten and tortured. He was then taken into the woods where he was shot in the head and his body burned. Fjord and the others were convicted of racketeering, murder, kidnapping, and assault charges. Sentencing is scheduled for October. The repairs to the Statter Harbor D-float after a storm damaged it now has a completion date. Duwamish Services of Seattle had mobilized and is effecting repairs to the damaged floats. The floats were damaged during a Thanksgiving storm. Port Director Carl Yucatel said the scope of the work entails replacing crushing concrete floats and installing of of about 2,120 feet of tensioned cables keeping the float system secured and aligned. He said the work is anticipated to be completed by May 5th. On the KINY Morning Show with Nano, Juno Mayor Beth Weldon spoke about the Committee of the Whole meeting this week, starting with what's on the drawing board for the 1% sales tax projects. We had a Committee of the Whole last night meeting. Um, our agenda topics, 1% um, sales tax projects. Um, all we agreed on last night, which was our plan, was to agree on a process which mainly means we will look at our priority list, legislative priority list, and the list that we've already accumulated, and then just double-check with the departments, and then reach out to the public to see if they have anything they'd want to put on the 1%, and then we'll do kind of a rank-choice voting like we've done in the past with the Assembly, and then have our list um, to the voters, and then the voters can decide um, whether they want to do uh, the 1% or not. A possible removal of sales tax on food, but a higher summer sales tax is heading to voters, Weldon said. Our second topic was a sales tax on food, and a lot of discussion on that. Um, and uh, we decided to move that to the full assembly, and basically what's going to happen there, um, whether we agreed or disagreed with it, um, basically the answer was we'll let the voters decide because it would be an increase on sales tax and what we would look on is everybody would have sales tax off food so when you bought um, food items most of them not every single one of them we'd follow the snap program you wouldn't pay sales tax but you would pay a little bit higher sales tax in the summer so five months or excuse me six months would be um, our regular rate and six months during the summer would be a one percent higher rate and a change to election code, Mayor Weldon says, would be meant to secure voter identifier information. Most of it was housekeeping. The one item that we did talk a little bit about is when people sign petition books to get something on the ballot, um, the clerk asks for those to come back into the clerk's office, and um, that thought is uh, you have to put identifiers on those booklets and to keep that information um, private so it's not wandering around, but others on um, the assembly thought um, if that information does come back to the um, clerk's office, then it can be requested as public document. And so 
some people sign petitions and they don't necessarily want their name out there. So that will continue to be a little discussion as that moves to the assembly. Juno Mayor Beth Weldon commenting on the KINY morning show. 25,705 doses of the COVID vaccine has been given in Juneau in 2021. That was the word from the city on their social media page. They say that individuals interested in getting a COVID vaccine can at several locations in Juneau who are administering them for free, including Capstone Clinic at the Juneau Airport, Juneau Public Health Center, Juneau Urgent and Family Care, Safeway, and Search. The ice has gone out on the Tanana River, ending one of Alaska's most famous guessing games, the annual Nanaina Ice Classic. Event manager Sharif Fornes says the game ended at 6.47 p.m. Monday. Anchorage TV station KTUU reports the game involves placing bets on when the ice will break up and move out on the Tanana River. It ends when a tripod moves far enough down the river to trip a clock. This year's jackpot is $242,923. Fornes says guesses are still being entered into a database and the Classic would contact the winners when the process is complete. Alaska Governor Mike Dunleavy proclaimed May as Building Safety Month in Alaska Monday. This is the 42nd annual Building Safety Month, a worldwide campaign presented by the International Code Council, its members, and partners to promote building safety. This year's campaign, Safety for All, Building Codes in Action, raises awareness about the importance of building codes and ensuring safety in the spaces in which individuals live, work, and learn. A release from the Department of Public Safety said that homes and buildings are built in compliance with building safety codes, and the officials who enforce the codes are essential to helping communities become affordable, resilient, including energy and water efficient. Never miss a story or a newscast at KINYradio.com. Now you're up to date. For News of the North, this is Kevin Allen.